Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, Executive Director of Worship Ministries and Director of Music Ministries. I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. And I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. During this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Today, we are excited to continue the conversation about the upcoming worship series for this fall and beginnings of winter, because we are ready to look at Advent and Christmas for year B, which begins on December 3rd and runs through December 31st. It's all contained in the month of December, which is a fun kind of event that takes place, even though it throws us a couple of curves we've got to learn how to deal with. But we wanted to share that with you all today. I know you're beginning to think about Advent. Some of you may be well into planning. Others are saying, oh no, it's coming. What do I do? (laughs) So we just want to help you out with that. And so we want to share the resources that we have available on our website at this time. And we've created a series for Advent that uses some of the traditional things, but also looks at things a little bit differently So you are always invited to take what we provide and create it that fits best for your context and the traditions that you are used to doing, particularly at this time. I don't know about you, but the churches that I served, when it came to Christmas, there were certain things you had to do or you were Mm -hmm. in big, big trouble. So Mm -hmm. you sort out what those things are for you. (laughs) But here, we wanted to take the approach of Advent being Advent but also looking toward this celebration of the Incarnation on Christmas. So we tried, as as we often do, to blend the two themes together. The overall theme for our Advent series this year is called Our Spirit Waits. Now, we chose that because there is this sense of waiting that, that goes in there, but we also wanted to say, well, we need to redefine, rethink what it means to wait. Too often, waiting calls to mind the emergency room waiting room where you're (laughs) sitting there and anxious and afraid and not sure and feeling helpless and not knowing what to do. And there is a certain amount of feeling helpless or disconnected, but the Advent waiting is a more active, powerful, passionate kind of waiting. And so we wanted to bring in some of these ideas into this theme that helps us stir up the congregation stir up our communities as we prepare ourselves for the things we wanted to talk about during the season of Advent and then Christmas. So we start with the word hope, but the first week's theme is our shocking hope, to remind us that Advent comes and startles us, or Mm. or the idea is supposed to wake us up. There's that idea of watching and waiting and being alert and paying attention. So we grab a hold of those themes. We're looking at the Isaiah passage from chapter 64 and Mark 13, talking about what is coming, what is coming to the world. What are we looking forward to? 
the first Sunday of Advent is always a reminder that it's more than a countdown to Christmas. While we enjoy the celebration of the Incarnation, and we'll turn to that later in the series, at the beginning we're looking for the coming of the kingdom of God, or the kingdom, depending on how you want to frame that, that understanding of a new reality, a new world, a new way of living and being together. So Advent is is one that calls us back to that task. We're supposed to always be leaning into that promise. But Advent is a time where we grab a hold of ourselves and we say, oh, oh, we've got to start over. We've got to look again. We've got to think higher and harder about what might be coming to get our attention focused on how we can reflect kingdom living in our week-by-week, day-by-day kind of life that surrounds us. And so some of the words that we read in the scriptures are are words of warning, sound almost like threats, but they're really about transition. It's like sitting in that waiting room. There may be bad news, but there's also good news. There's also hope and possibility in the midst of that. So it's the shocking hope that we are grabbing a hold of. The second week of Advent we want to talk about peace. That's often the pattern that we have had for our Advent candles, hope and then peace. But again, we want to enhance it just a little bit, so we call it our just peace. Not not just as in only, but just (laughs) as in justice undergirding the peace. Peace doesn't come simply because we've given up, because we don't want to fight anymore. Peace comes, true peace, shalom comes, like the kingdom comes when when we're ready to embrace all and lift up all and honor all. And so we want to talk about a just peace. And again, we're looking at Isaiah, this time in chapter 40, and the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, where he's calling us into this story, inviting us into this journey. Mark, this is Mark's year, year B, and so So we haven't spent a lot of time, we're not going to spend a lot of time in Mark in the Christmas story because it's not there. But the Advent story is throughout, the story of anticipation and the story of hope. So we're looking at a just peace. What does that mean and how do we live that out? How do we grab a hold of the idea that comes from Isaiah about comfort, providing comfort to the people? But it's not a comfort of ease and relaxation, it's a comfort of justice, a comfort of equality a comfort of equity as we lift up and grab a hold and embrace the world that that God intends us to live in and to depict in how we work together. And then the third Sunday, we're going to come back and go through some of these with <laughs> liturgy and music and all that kind of stuff, but I wanted to kind of fly through the whole thing so that we can then slow down and back up. So now we're week three, December 17th, and that in some circles is called Gaudate Sunday, Joy Sunday. Other places don't observe that. If you have the two different colors of candles, if you have the blue or purple, and then one pink or rose-colored one, this is the rose-colored Sunday. It's a little bit different. So we grabbed a hold of the idea of joy, but again, it's not an easy joy. We call it our fierce joy. And what we mean by fierce is not an angry fierceness, but a tenacious a fierceness that holds on, a fierceness that that comes through. And we're going to hold on to joy even in difficult times. We're going to hold on to joy even when everyone around us is trying to pull us down and point out what's wrong. We're going to look for hope. 
we're going to look up and, and grab a hold of what Jesus has in mind for us and and how we live into that kingdom. And then finally, on the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is December 24th, we'll talk about that in a moment. That's a, that's a bit of a hiccup, but we want to talk about love. But it's not a love that just makes us feel good. It's a love that transforms us. That's the theme for the fourth Sunday of Advent, love that transforms us, a love that that pushes us into a new reality or pulls us or encourages us or surrounds us as we grab a hold of something new on that day. So Advent is about getting ready, but also living into. It's about being ready, about living as though Christ were a part of us always, because we we believe in that and we grab a hold of that hope in the midst of that too. And we tell a little bit of Mary's story on that day too, and how she embraces this message and how then she responds to that as an invitation for us to hear and respond to the message, the invitation to let Christ be born in us and among us and through us. But you also notice when you heard me say the fourth Sunday of Advent, December 24th, something (laughs) clicked in your brain. It's also Christmas Eve. So how are we going to do that? Well, We'll come back and we'll talk about some suggestions that we might have or some ideas for you to think about. But we have that theme for Christmas Eve being our wondrous light. That's, That's when we stand in awe or kneel in awe with our eyes open and our hearts pounding and we see what God has in store for us. And we remember, we remember that moment when Christ was born, but we also remember our moment, when Christ was born in us, when we first experienced, when Christ became real in our lives, and we embrace some of that. We make room for that in our lives, and that's what we're about on Christmas Eve, as well as all the other traditions that you have. Then then there's one more Sunday, and that's the Sunday after. That's the Sunday where everybody comes in their pajamas or, or brings their <laughs> gifts or whatever it is. And you're saying, why are we still having church? We're having church because we need to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And so now we're looking at we're looking at watch night in a sense because now we're on December thirty first. This is this is that brink Sunday where we've come in and and we're asking with Simeon, can we hear? Can we see? Can we lean into the Christ who lives among us on this first Sunday after Christmas as we embrace all that possibility. So so those are some of the themes that are there behind us underneath it, and we can talk some more detail about the scriptures and texts and all that, but but it might be better to think in terms of how we're going to live this out in, in our liturgy and, and what resources are available to you to help make that fit to you. So Lisa, what what do we have? You said before we started, and there's so much, there's just so much. What are we offering, yeah. folks? Well, I think... One, we have what we always have, right? We have provided worship planning notes and sermon notes, music notes, hymn suggestions, liturgical resources. Like we have calls to worship that fit each of these themes every week. We have our prayers of confession and our prayers of the people or a prayer for the day. We have benedictions that send us out into living in the world with shocking hope and just peace, and fierce joy, and transformative love. All of those things are here and are crafted and curated to be part of helping 
us kind of embody each of these ideas in Advent throughout. But I think the other things we have that kind of make Advent so extra, if you will, is we've got candle lighting liturgies that are focused on each of these themes. I think that's one of the wonderful things about building this series on each of the the Advent candles, if that's something that, if an Advent wreath is one of the traditions that your congregation lives into, by building that, it actually makes the candle lighting not just an extra thing that we do, but actually integrated into the flow of what this whole series is about, Um, which for me has really, the more I sit with it, it's really about like practicing how to wait well, right? Mm. Yes. And that's, I love that, I love that we, that the title of this, Our Spirit Waits, is all about the fact that even after Christmas, we're still waiting, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're carrying that forward with us as we move into the new year. And we're not just saying for four weeks we wait, but actually this is the training ground and the beginning of the liturgical year, because every year we have to have these reminders to practice waiting well. So we've got these candle lighting liturgies that can integrate into part of that and really help us put the, especially the prophetic texts, our our mostly Isaiah texts, and then the Magnificat from Luke in week four, help us put those into the mouths of our people, help us like hear it in a different way than we might if we were just reading it, which is also really important. But I always think if we can incorporate scripture into the liturgy, put it in the mouths of different people, we receive it in such new ways. And having the ritual of the Advent wreath that we're lighting and maybe you sing around that, it just just adds something to Advent. And it's such an important aspect of kind of taking the word deeper into Mm -hmm. our lives as we move through this season. And then we will get to the conundrum that is Advent 4 and Christmas (laughs) Eve on the same day. Um, But I also want to name, look out for some blue Christmas liturgies that I hope to get put up soon. And we already have one blue Christmas liturgy on the website. We really encourage the use of that. If that's something that's important to your congregation, this is also a season in which we live into the tension of darkening days and the ways that tradition and joy and celebration together can also be mixed with grief and longing and heartache. And uh, we want to help you continue to live into that as well. So that's kind of my overview of what we have available. Diana, what are what are some of your thoughts <laughs> musically kind of as an overall look at the series? Yeah. So, you know, Derek started off by saying that there's a true, the, the, traditions that we have in our various churches, and Mm -hmm. you don't want to mess with it. And then this idea of waiting, both of those are in tension a lot of times with what the music director wants to do. Because to introduce new songs is often a little difficult at this time because people want to sing the familiar. Mm -hmm. And and you got to give them some of the familiar for sure. We need those. But we also need to grow. And so this is a good time to try something new. And one of the best ways to do that is to have the children teach it to us, mm. you know, teach it to them first or the youth or both and have them teach it to us. The, I don't know, the guards come down on the congregation and they accept it so much better. 
And if you build it over the several weeks, then they, they, it becomes a part of the repertoire. So there's that. The other tension that I know I always had was people want to jump into Christmas during the Sundays of Advent. And that is, that's another real balancing act that you have to do. And, you know, I equate it to if you get a really good book and you jump to the last chapter and you haven't spent time reading the first chapters of the book, then it's, it is not going to be as rich. It's the same thing that happens to us in another season, and that's Holy Week, when mm-hmm. we jump from Palm Sunday to Easter and don't get the story in between. We are really not helping our congregations grow if we do that. Mm-hmm. So I encourage everybody to look at the scriptures for these Sundays in December and look at the suggestions that I have for you because they are pointed to not only the theme but also the scripture in particular. And there are some really good connecting songs. So one of them is People Look East. Mm. And this is an Advent song. And I just love where it says, love the guest is on the way. That's the the refrain at the end. And love the rose is on the way. Love the star and then love the Lord. So This could be spread out using one verse a week, maybe during the Advent lighting, uh, the candle lighting liturgy. But it really, it's a beautiful song to bring back on the fourth Sunday as we go into Christmas Eve that evening. Mm -hmm. So that's just a suggestion there. The second Sunday, our just peace. There's some selections here that use the word peace so that we really think about what that means for us. You know, peace is not the absence of war, but it is living into the just kingdom, Mm -hmm. as we were talking about earlier. Let there be peace on earth. That's such a great one that we can sing and, yes, and connect with former generations there. And then for this Sunday is also He Came Down, that we might have love, that we might have peace, that we might have joy. This is a great procession. And it's a great procession with children and instruments. It comes from Cameroon. And so I suggest that one is a a really good connector as well. And the Sunday of joy, our fierce joy, there's, uh, again, some, some very familiar ones that I've put here for you. But Gather Us In is not in the section for the promised mm-hmm. coming. It's it's in another section, mm-hmm. but it works really well here. Mm-hmm. Gather us in. New light is streaming uh, here in this in this place. New light is streaming. Now is a darkness vanished away. So I, I was rereading this text earlier, and I thought this is such a great song that fits in Advent, even though it's not in that section. Yeah. And then, as I mentioned, the fourth Sunday of Advent, People Look East is a good one. Certainly the Magnificat. We have several versions in our songbooks. My soul gives glory to the Lord. That's in the hymnal, Tell Out My Soul, which is a much stronger declaration Mm -hmm. from Mary. And then there's a canticle of the turning that's not in our books, but you can find, and I gave you a link for that. And then something even coming to us from another a part of the world, a shout to the north, worship and song 3042. And then we get to Christmas Eve. I, I really don't have many suggestions because I know from, I know in my experience, that is one where everyone knows how to plan that night. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the sharing of the light usually sung, sung to silent night in darkness mm-hmm. with only the light of the candles. Those are just beautiful. But there are other suggestions there for you. 
And then finally, the last Sunday of the month, the 31st, Oh Freedom, just thinking about Oh Freedom coming from South Africa, but thinking about how that relates to the freedom that we gain because of Christ coming into the world and living and dying for us, that we are free from sin, Mm -hmm. the freedom that that gives to us. Jesus, the light of the world is another really good song for this Sunday. But what I always did on the Sunday after Christmas Day is a medley, because Mm -hmm. we we all want to sing all those Christmas songs, and we don't have enough time in the Sundays of December. So it's great to do a three or four song medley, just the first verse of all of these and you know, get with your accompanist and figure out the keys because that's always interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but a medley is a good way to go on this Sunday. And I always have my qu- uh, churches sing the 12 days of Christmas <laughs> because so many people think that December 26th, Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. But we Christians know that's the second day of Christmas and there's... Mm-hmm there's still 10 more to go, (laughs) all the way to Epiphany, January 6th. So singing the 12 days of Christmas, and there are some connotations to Christian, what am I, it's Christian themes, Mm -hmm. even though it just sounds like a children's song. So yeah, I give you that and to think about as well. Diana, I'm so glad you brought up kind of within all of those, this opportunity to take songs that we sing in other times of the year and put them inside Advent. Because I think that's one of the ways we shake up these Mm. themes a little bit, right? Is we, you know, if we're singing about let there be peace on earth, but we're singing it in the summer sometime, what does it mean for us to take that on as an Advent song? Mm -hmm. And, And what that means to live in just peace as we're learning how to wait together I just, I, I think as you think about shocking hope and you're like, what do I do with this idea of shocking hope? Well, maybe one of the ways we shock people is to have them sing My Hope is Built in the yeah. middle of Advent. Like that would be shocking and yet it's a heart song, you know, mm-hmm. or find the hope song that's a heart song in your context and stick it somewhere inside the first Sunday of Advent or something like that. I just, I, I love that you've given us some ideas to think with that a little bit because we don't, it's not new, like it's not a new piece, but it is asking people to encounter songs they know in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And one last thing, I I really love this series. I love how it's so communal, Mm -hmm. our shocking hope, our just peace. So I think as pastors are preparing the sermon to really think about what it means That Jesus not only came for me individually, but came for all of us. And finding ways to make that communal feeling more powerful in the service. Yeah. One way we can emphasize that is on that fourth Sunday, because Mm -hmm. there are two modes in a sense, Mm. however we choose to do that. The fourth Sunday of Advent may not have a lot of outsiders, a a lot of not normal church folks with us but the evening will. So in other words, the community changes perhaps from morning Mm -hmm. to evening should Mm -hmm. we choose to do those two services like that. And so think in terms of Christ coming to both communities, to the church community, to us who gather Mm -hmm. together, but also to the us who live in the world around us. So it it gives us two levels to view the connection that we are, the world around us. Absolutely. 
Well, and I think, too, thinking the week before that, the Gaudete Sunday or Rose Sunday or Music Sunday, whatever it is you call it, it can be a time where we let the choir, the ensemble, the musicians, the orchestra, whoever it is, do the joy for us. But I think that the way we've crafted crafted the series is to say, no, like even as they're singing, we can all participate in this fierce joy. And, and I, I, I think that's another place. So you'll find in the liturgical resources, there's a prayer of confession that weaves in Ruth Duck's setting of Psalm 126. Her setting is called When God Restored Our Common Life. And so it's an opportunity to help your people sing and pray and confess and do all of that work for the third Sunday of Advent in the midst of other singing as well. So we're really Mm. sharing the joy, right? We're sharing the practicing of that fierce joy because it is communal. It's not Mm. just others doing it on our behalf, but it's all of us joining in and participating in it. Mm. Absolutely. One of the things we realize is that there's a lot of work to Advent, and a lot of work (laughs) to the season, both for the musicians and but also the the pastors and worship it's leaders. It's joyful work. But it, it is, is joyful work. <laughs> but so what what are our suggestions, Lisa, about that fourth Sunday, that yep. December 24th? How might we approach it maybe a little bit differently if we so chose? Absolutely. So as we were sitting down and thinking through how do we help people, and how honestly, it's not just that it's a conundrum of sorts. How do I go from Jesus in the womb to Jesus being born in the space of eight hours on Sunday, but also just the logistics of we want people to get the full story, right? We don't, we want to encounter kind of that last stage of waiting that is the Annunciation and the knowing Christ is coming and growing in Mary's womb. And we don't want them, we don't want to just jump to the birth when we haven't even had it announced yet. So one of the things that we've put together to try to help is a very simple liturgy and ways to think through how to pre-record that liturgy ahead ahead of Sunday, December 24th, so that you can put it together, premiere it on YouTube, Facebook, whatever online platform is going to reach your people or platforms, I should say. And then you're inviting everyone into a very intimate worship experience that is, you know, a little bit contained, maybe 30 to 40 minutes max, but it's something they can engage while they're wrapping presents or getting those sides made for Christmas Eve lunch or Christmas Day lunch the next day, depending. And then you've you've invited them to that and where our hope is that for worship leaders, though it's a little bit of work ahead of time, it's helping you not have a 14-hour day between (laughs) the beginning of the day with your opening service to your 11 o'clock Christmas Eve service, right? And so, and what we've encouraged there is really, you know, take a look at it. It's available. It will be available both in the liturgical resources for Advent 4 and Christmas Eve, but it's also a standalone article on our website, so you can find it either way. And there's some suggestions about make make the camera really intimate, whether you've got one camera shot angle or a couple of different ones, whatever you're using to record, 
Don't feel like you've got to show this big empty sanctuary. Bring it in close to the Advent wreath. Bring it in close to the musicians. Let people really feel like you're in their living room with them for Advent for as you welcome them into this moment where Mary says yes and the Mm -hmm. moment that we're invited to say yes to the love that transforms. So they're ready to welcome the love when it arrives that evening. And we all gather to sing our favorites and tell the story together. I, I love that. So so let me make sure we're clear here. <laughs> You're actually giving permission to not have worship in the morning and have it in the do evening it. and to do it online <laughs> in the morning and do do it. That's just so radical, Lisa. You're, I don't know. You're having worship is just online, and we're, we've all gotten used to what that looks like. That's right. And and I want to offer this could be a whole other podcast, and it might be in the future. <laughs> But I want to offer that what that's doing is actually inviting the sacred into the spaces that we will be celebrating with family mm-hmm. that evening or the following day. And for others, we're bringing the sacred into spaces that feel lonely because they will mm. be working on Christmas Day or they will not be able to gather with family that very day. And so you're either way, you are bringing community and bridging some of those gaps. And if I might... God's holiness and glory and love can be translated across any mechanism. If we believe that God is with us, <laughs> preach in, it. Yeah, if we believe that God is with <laughs> us in the sacraments, surely we can think that God, God's love can be translated mm. to us through our technology as well. I remember many years ago, my mother contracted pneumonia, and she uh-huh. was in a hospital room on Christmas Eve, and so. If I had been able to set up my laptop or something for her to be able to engage that day, that would have been amazing. Well, and I had exactly the same. I had grandparents who couldn't leave the house in their last years, and they listened to their church on the radio in the late 90s, and they felt like they were still part of the community. Mm -hmm. So if we think that the holiness of God can be translated over the radio, surely we can engage it and experience it in our homes uh, that morning. And gosh, I'd love everybody to be a little less stressed going into right. Christmas Eve worship. Yeah. yeah. And if people felt like they needed, absolutely needed to go to church that morning, perhaps there's a prayer center that's open for them. Yes. With yes. maybe some liturgy on a piece of paper that they can mm-hmm. sit and read and pray. And so it doesn't it doesn't have to be all or nothing. There's an, always an in-between place, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's better It's better than showing up for church and there's only 10 people there or five people there because they're saving it up for that evening. That's <laughs> so. right. That's right. We only have a, a limited amount of church time available to us. So <laughs> please don't hear us say you have to do it this way. We're just providing some options because we <laughs> acknowledge all of us have worked in the church and all of us know the exhaustion that can come, and it can diminish some of this holiness that, that Lisa mm-hmm. and Diane have been talking about. If if we just are frustrated or, or focused on the energy that it takes to, to get through that. So, so our recommendation is that you, in your local setting, you sit and say, how can we make this doable? How can we make it sacred? How can we make it accessible? How can we make it so that it is a true celebration of all that Christ has in store? 
And and we just want you to expand the options a little bit, yeah. to think a little yeah. bit differently. Certainly you could have worship in the morning and worship mm-hmm. in the evening, and lots of folks will. But there may be other ways to think about it, and that's that's the recommendation that we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I also think of the many years in West Texas that suddenly the first ice storm of the year <laughs> would end up right. on Christmas Eve. And so yep. having some of these things prepared or at least – ready to think about what a beautiful thing that we have a tool that can help us worship on Christmas Eve, even when it's yes. not safe to get out of our homes. That's right. Um, so we want to kind of, I don't know if you need our permission, but we want to give it if you need it. <laughs> <Get that. laughs> and some resources. Yeah, Lisa's putting some resources there for you. So before we uh, wrap up, what's coming up next, Derek? What do people have to look forward to? Well, next we go into Epiphany in an Ordinary Time and that whole, how do we live all this out? As Lisa had said earlier, the Advent is is not, the waiting is not only an Advent, it's how we live our lives, waiting and hoping and living into. So beginning in Ordinary Time on, on the first Sunday after the Epiphany, which is on January 6th, but the first Sunday is January 7th, so you may be celebrating Epiphany on that day. But the the series we put together is called Becoming the People of God. It is now, how do we walk? How do we live this out? We've had this excitement and this enthusiasm for it. So so we're talking about what happens next. And and the the text or the the theme for that first Sunday is and there was morning. We wake up again. Another day comes. And it's it's Monday now, or it's Sunday again, or what are we gonna do with that? And then and then the week after that, your servant is listening. That's the Samuel story. Your servant is, are we listening? Are we continuing to mm-hmm. listen, to to wait, to lean into what's going on? And so our hope is, is that with that first series of the new year, the calendar year, that we're celebrating and thinking about what it means to, to be the people of God. And then from there, of course, we get ready for, for Lent. We have Transfiguration Sunday as a standalone Sunday. And then we look into Lent and talk about the depths of love both in terms of what has been done for us, but also how we respond and then live that out. I'm sure we'll come back and talk more about some of those details, but just to get you ready, there's a connection. (laughs) That's part of what we're trying to acknowledge Mm -hmm. here in all of this, that these these are are series in and of themselves, but they point to, to what's next. And we ask the question, so now what? So how do we live? Where do we go? What do we do? That's That's what's coming up. We also want to Remind people, you may not have heard, but there's a general conference coming up, too. Um, <laughs> we've kind of kept it secret, but but there's this thing <laughs> happening, and so perhaps we want to think together about being the church and, and doing worship in anticipation of that as we lift up the our, mm. our denomination and the people, yeah. our representatives, and the delegations that are coming from various annual conferences and from around the world to, to come together and, and make some important decisions and be the church. And remember, it's been eight years since we've been, mm. uh, so it's it's hard to figure all this out, everything that has been going on. And so so we're going to need to support our denomination. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening today, and we hope that this was helpful to you. We want you to remember that you can always find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. We want to tell you to talk to us, send us an email, be in conversation with us. 
So until next time, we will be praying for you and with you and your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.